Let's pray together. Father, as we look into your word, we ask that you would speak again into our lives, into our hearts, through your Holy Spirit. Take these words, words that we know, words that we've read, words that we seek to understand, but we can't understand them without your Spirit revealing what you want to teach us and show us today. So Spirit of God, open our hearts and our minds to receive from you and flow into us. We are hungry for your word, hungry for you. So speak as we listen. For we ask this in the name of Christ. Amen. Seems like a long time ago when we started this uh, series, but we started talking about spiritual eyes, what it is to have eyes of the Spirit. And we, we looked at this passage from Ephesians six twelve. It says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And we started to say, well, what really is going on? What does that really mean? What is it talking about? Our, our struggle is not against the things that we, we see around us, the things that we often think our struggle is against, but it's against authorities, and who are they? The powers of this dark world, who are they? And who are the spiritual forces of evil, and what are they doing in the heavenly realms anyway? I thought they were kicked out of heaven and sent down to earth. How is this in the Scriptures? And we looked at it last time, and we said, well, the Bible speaks about two realms. It speaks about a spiritual realm, and it speaks about a physical realm. God created both. And in both, he put his creatures that he created. In the spiritual realm, he has spiritual creatures called the Elohim. All the spirit world come under that one title, Elohim. And he created them to do his work. He said, I'm going to create the Elohim in the spiritual realm to carry out my business in the spiritual realm. And so we have certain Elohim that are called angels, which means messengers. And God says, these are going to be my messengers. So I'm going to tell them to go talk to people like Mary and give Mary a word that comes from me and Gabriel flutters down to earth or whatever he, however he comes and he gives a word to Mary and then he goes back up again, right? And, and they go backwards and forwards and so on throughout the scriptures. And he said, as we looked at last week in the, or last time in the physical realm, he created humanity, you and me. And he said, they're going to do the same thing. I'm going to ask them to do certain things and they're going to go out and do it and then come back. And where all this happened was in Eden. Eden was the council room, or the first council room we meet in the Scriptures. There are others that we will come to later. But it's the first place where God sits on his throne. Let me get a throne here, right? By the way, I don't look at anything like God, so don't confuse it. But God sits up here on his throne and in the spiritual realm, he says to the Elohim, go do this. And in the physical realm, he told us to go do certain things, right? 
And Eden is the first place, the council room, where the creatures come, where the spiritual and the physical join together, they meet together, and they're both given their orders, if you like, from the throne room of God. And what were our orders? Let me see if I can get it. There, he said, first, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky, over every living creature on the ground that moves on the, sorry, every living creature that moves on the ground. He said, basically, as we looked at last time, I want you to go out and spread Eden across the whole globe. So be fruitful because it takes more than two of you to do that. The world is a big place. Multiply. But as you multiply, go and take the kingdom of God, if you want to put it in another language, to the rest of the world. Go be my images where I want you to be. And so in the spiritual realm, the Elohim went out. In the physical realm, we went out. That's what we looked at last time, okay? Are you with me? Got it. All right, can everybody stand up, please? I want you to go and high-five five people. And the last person that you high-five... Okay, wait, wait, wait. I haven't said go yet. All right. I love the keenness, though. I love the keenness. So these, this is the go and high-five five people. And the fifth person that you high-five, you need to swap seats with them. Right? Five people, high-five, last person, swap seats with them. So you need to talk to them. Okay, go. Nobody wanted a high five number five with me. You know that? You guys are amazing. You know that? Right. Okay. Now, hands up. Put your hand up if you did what I asked you to do. Hands up if you didn't do what I asked you to do. Right. Okay. You see, there's a problem, right? If I'd have just said to you, go high five, five people, go sit down, you probably all have done that. But that last little caveat, change seats, hang on a minute, don't, I'm not changing, I sit here every week, this is my seat. It's molded to me, right? And you're like, so you make a decision, don't you, based on, and this is stupid, isn't it? what's he asking me to do this for? This is ridiculous. Or some of you 
made sure that your fifth high five was with someone really close to where you were sitting because you thought, that way I only have to move one seat over. Right? In some plans, it doesn't work that way. Now, why, why did I ask you to do that? Because this is where the problem comes. In the spiritual realm and in the physical realm, we don't like to receive orders. We don't like having a God that sits here and says, go do this. Because what we do then is we go, well, I'll do it if I can see a reason for it, if I can see a purpose in it. I'll do it if it makes sense to me. I'll do it if I don't mind doing it. But if I don't like doing it, well, then it's silly anyway. I'm not going to do it. And in the scriptures, what we see is both the Elohim and humanity do the same thing, say the same thing that some of you, even though you followed what I asked you to do, weren't really following in your heart. Some of you were. I don't mind doing this. Others were going, this is, I'll do it, but this is ridiculous. Other you were thinking, I'll do it, but I'm going to make sure I don't have to move very far because I like this seat. I like the angle. Right? And others of you just said, this is ridiculous. I'm not doing it at all. And I'm not moving because this is where I like. Right? That's what happens. We're going to look at that today. What went on. You see, the apple in Genesis is not just about us and God. It's about the spirit world and God too. In Isaiah 14, it talks... Now, there's a couple of places that, are, that talk about the fall of the spirit world. The Elohim not doing what God wanted them to do. You see, the problem is, and the difficulty is, is that we are given free will. You had a choice whether you were going to do what I asked you to do or not do it. And in a sense, your respect for me has an impact on whether you did it or not, right? Some of you did it because you know me. If I ask for five volunteers just to come out the front now, People that know me are more likely to come than those that don't know me. If you go to a strange church and you ask, and then somebody stands up and says, I want five volunteers, you're going, you put your head down, don't you? No, I'm not going out the front. I don't know who this guy is. I don't know what he's usually doing. Well, what's he going to ask me to do? I don't know. I'm not going out there. And the thing is, we're given free will. We're given the ability to choose because without the ability to choose, there is no respect, there is no love, there's no obedience. And so when God created the Elohim and he created humanity, he created us with the ability to choose. To choose to serve or to choose not to serve. To choose to be obedient as you were, some of you. To choose to rebel as a few of you did and said, this is silly, I'm not doing this. And this is where 
it all started to go wrong. Isaiah 14, this is looking at the Elohim, right? He said, you said in your heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the Mount of Assembly. The Mount of Assembly, that's another way of saying the council room. On the utmost heights of Mount Zaphon. Now, Mount Zaphon, as you sure you all knew, but I'll tell you for the one person that doesn't know, was like their Mount Olympus, right? It was like the mountain where they thought all the gods sat on this mountain up in Samaria. He said, on the utmost heights, so you're going to be the top god on the mountain of all the gods, right? Where's my clicker? Here we go. He said, I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like what? The most high. Who's the most high? God. So what's this? He's saying, this is an angel saying this, right? This is one of the Elohim saying, I'm not satisfied with coming to the throne, receiving a command and going off and doing it. I want to sit on the throne. I want to ascend to the heights. I want to be there. I want to be the one sitting, giving the orders. I don't want to be the one taking. But you are brought down to the realm of the dead. Dead in the Bible is always spiritual, right? Or nearly always. Meaning separation from God. To the depths of the pit. That's Isaiah. Ezekiel puts it like this. You were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone adorned you, carnelian, chrysolite, and emerald, topaz, onyx, and jasper, lapis lazuli, turquoise, and beryl. Your settings and mountains were made of gold. On the day you were created, they were prepared. Beautiful, right? God is saying, you were amazing. You were beautiful. You were there in Eden. You were the anointed as a guardian cherub. Spiritual realm, right? For so I ordained you. You were on the holy mount of God. Do you remember I said gardens and mountains are always the places where God resides in Scripture, right? Eden is the mount of God. You walked among the fiery stones, i.e. amongst God's presence. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till wickedness was found in you through your widespread trade you were filled with violence and you sinned so i drove you in disgrace from the mount of god and i expelled you guardian cherub from among the fiery stones your heart became proud on account of your beauty and you corrupted your wisdom because of your splendor so i threw you to the earth I made a spectacle of you before kings. See what God says in his word? Now, what was the problem? The problem was one word, pride. Pride says, I'm not going to take orders from God. Pride says, I, I don't want to be the one that's just carrying out your orders. I'm... I'm beautiful. I, I deserve to sit here in God's seat. That's, that's where I want to be. I want to be the one giving the orders, not God. And pride came in to some of the Elohim. And God says, 
you're out of Eden. You're out of, you're out of my presence. You cannot sit in the seat of God. Let's look at the physical sight, you and me. We know this well. The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the tree in the garden, but God did say you must not eat of the fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. God gave that command to Adam, didn't he? Eat everything, but don't eat that. Don't eat that one. If you do that, you're going to die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open, and what? You will be like God, knowing good and evil. And what happened? Said, well, the woman saw that it was pretty tasty, desired it, said, we want to be like God. In other words, we want to sit on the throne where God sits. You see, there is only one throne and there is only one God who is high above everything who has the right to sit here. You don't. I don't, no Elohim does, only God. And God will not accept anybody who thinks they can sit there on his throne. And so they ate it, and God said, what have you done? Immediately, there were four things. Immediately, they realized what? First of all, they were naked. In other words, that suddenly they, they realized that they couldn't be transparent anymore. They, they couldn't allow people to see themselves. Like that there was a, an alienation from themselves. They suddenly recognized that they, were not, that they weren't pure anymore and not clear. You know, this time of year is terrible, isn't it? The sun comes out and it's beautiful. But you know what happens when you look out of your bedroom window? It needs cleaning, right? Because you see all the winter dirt that's formed. When it's dull outside, not a problem, is it? But the sun comes and you go, oh, yeah, and then you go, oh, no. Cleaning time, right? Spring cleaning we have to do. Why? Because the sun shows up all the dirt. And that's what happened to Adam and Eve. They realized they were naked. Secondly, they only realized for themselves, they realized in one another. So they made clothes for themselves. I don't want you to see my nakedness. I don't want you to see my sin. And I don't really want to see yours. So let's hide it. And then thirdly, what did they do? They hid from God. Because they said, we certainly don't want God to see the sin in our lives. And God said, because you've done this, cursed is the ground. Instead of going and being my images and working with creation, you've now broken and alienated yourself from creation, from the image, from what I asked you to do. And then fifth, God said, now you can't stay here. You can't be in my presence like that any longer. You have to leave. With me so far? 
Now we're going to go. What happens when you mess up? When you do something and it goes a little bit pear-shaped, what do you do? You try and put it right. Exactly. Relationship goes slightly sour, you try and put it right. I start on a job at home and try and fix something and it escalates into a major building project that needs scaffolding and outside contractors to come in, but I try and fix it, right? Or I'm driving and I find myself a shortcut. Enoch will vouch for this. Generally, my shortcuts don't live up to expectations. Let's just put it that way. But what do I do? Do I ever turn around and go back and admit to the fact that it's not a shortcut? Never. Because I'm a guy. So I just keep on plowing on until I can fix the problem five, six hours down the road and say, there, see, I knew this was a good way to go. And then I hopefully we find somewhere that's, you know, I did that in Canada once. It's, a, it's not a good thing to do in Canada because, like, distances are vast. But you know what? We came to this most amazing lake with the mountains behind, and it was so still that, you know, those pictures where you see it perfectly echoed. And you can't, but I almost had tears coming down my face in thanksgiving to God because he rescued me from the worst shortcut that we'd ever taken. And I said, see, if we hadn't taken this shortcut, we would have never have found this lake. I'm not sure she bought it, but it was beautiful, right? But we try and fix it, and that's exactly what we see in the Scriptures. The fallen Elohim try and fix the problem, and so does humanity. Let's look at the fallen Elohim first. You see, when, when we fell and when the Elohim fell, the world fell with it. It broke. The way that God had set it up, what he designed for us to do with the Elohim all started to fall apart. And so we try to fix it. Let's look at the spiritual side first. Now, this passage in Scripture, Genesis chapter 6. Genesis 6, right? This is a confusing passage. It's one of those passages you generally read and then go, uh-huh, and then just carry on going. Let's read it. There are a number of ideas about it. It says, when human beings began to increase in number on the earth and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of humans were beautiful and they married any of them that they chose. Then the Lord said, My spirit will not contend with humans forever, for they are mortal. Their days will be 120 years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also afterwards, when the sons of God went to the daughters of humans and had children by them. They were the heroes of old, men of renown. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth, and his heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created, and with them the animals and the birds and the creatures that move along the ground, for I regret that I have made them. Now let me ask you, let's go back a minute. 
Who are these sons of God that it's talking about? Question one. Question two. Who are the Nephilim? Doesn't explain it, does it? Why are they sons of God and daughters of humans? Some people look at this and they say the sons of God were like aristocrats and they were just kind of choosing women that they wanted to sleep with. It doesn't really make much sense to me, that interpretation. Most people understand this to be that the sons of God were these fallen Elohim. You remember like we are, our natural realm is physical but we have spiritual. The Elohim's natural realm is spiritual but they can come in physical form, right? Because it says, uh, in the New Testament, it said, like, welcome everyone, because you don't know whether you're welcoming an angel or not, right? Most people understand this, that the fallen Elohim saw that the daughters of human were beautiful, and then they had children. Maybe this is where you get all that Greek mythology of Jason and the Argonauts and Hercules and all these big guys, right? I don't know. But they understand that they took matters into their own hands. If we, we were supposed to fill this earth to God's glory, we've sinned because we wanted God's position. We've been thrown down, but what shall we do? Well, let's just carry on, but we'll do it our way. We'll do it in our strength. We'll do it in the way that we want to do it. So let's carry on populating the earth, but let's do it in our way, right? And you get these great big tall guys. You'll see them later on, Goliath. Remember him? And we'll see it later on in the scriptures as well. So they decided to carry on doing it their own way. Yes, they'd messed up, but instead of coming back, God says, well, the people said, the fallen Elohim said, no, we're going to carry on. We're going to do it our way. And the Nephilim were those people, were these giants that were, in a sense, created from fallen angels who took on human form and human women. People that would follow the fallen angels, would follow, would effectively, if you like, take orders from the fallen gods rather than from God himself. And what did God's, what were the results? God said, I'm going to wipe you guys out. And what did he do? What comes straight after this in Genesis 6? The flood. He said, that's it. Wipe you guys out. This is not the way it's supposed to be. With me? We did the same thing. Genesis chapter 11. Now, the whole world had one language and a common speech. As people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, to the, they, then they said come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves, otherwise we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. 
But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower that the people were building. The Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them over there over all the earth and they stopped building the city. That is why it's called Babel. Because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. Now we read about the Tower of Babel. And we think it's about languages, right? It's got nothing to do with that. This is where humanity did what? What did God ask us to do? Go everywhere and make it Eden. What did we decide to do? Let's settle in a city and stay together. We don't want to keep traveling. It's nice here. You know, Harrow's nice. No, no, let's not use Harrow. Uh, Pinner is nice, right? Let, let's, we, we don't want to move. It's nice, comfortable here. It's, it's beautiful. The sun's shining. Let's stay here. So let's not do what God asked us to do. Not only that, what should we do? God said, I want you to go out, fill the whole earth. When, when, you've, when you want to know what to do next, how to bring my kingdom, what do we have to do? We go back to the throne room of God. We go back to Eden and we say, God, like, tell me, what's your next order? What's your next command? And then God gives it to us and off we go again. What do we want to do? We want to build a ziggurat, a tower, a spiritual tower. Why? Because we want God to come down where we are in this place because we don't want to keep going back to Eden all the time. We want God to be right here with us. We want God to be here on our conditions, in our way, at our command, in our location. We're going to build a tower that reaches up to God so God can be here. As Sheila said, we want to do it and fix it our way. And you see the Elohim that fell and humanity that fell both did the same thing. Let's fix it our way. And so what did God do? He said, mm -mm. I'm just going to make you so confused with one another. I'm going to give you northern accents and southern accents so that you don't understand one another. I'm going to give you French and English and German and Spanish and, and you don't even have Duolingo because you don't have mobile phones, so you can't learn it. And, and, and you won't understand. And there'll be like, Ghana will be split into multiple languages, you know? And, and so you won't understand one another, and you'll have to scatter, because you won't understand what anybody's saying. So actually, I'll get you to do what I want you to do, but you'll do it a different way. Not because you're willing to do it, but because I'll force you to do it. And so he scattered everybody. Now, why is this so important to understand? Because we live, as we know, in a broken world, right? And our world is broken both spiritually and physically. Both are broken. And both are interrelated. Let me ask you a question. 
Russia's invasion of Ukraine, is that spiritual or physical brokenness? Both. Climate change, is that physical or spiritual brokenness? Both. Child trafficking in our world, is that physical or spiritual? Both. It's both. Right? You, can't, you can't disassociate one from the other. Do you remember we, as we were reading last time in uh, 1 Kings 22, when God sent the angel down to tell the prophets to, so that Ahab will be killed? It's both. There is a spiritual realm that's going on that's, that's stirring up things, a fallen realm. And there's God battling against that in his realm, in, in the spiritual realm with his angels and everything else. We'll look at Daniel and other passages later. But it's both. When there's a break in a relationship that you have with a friend, is that spiritual or is that physical? If you have difficulty with your finances, is that spiritual or is that physical? If you have difficulties with your health, is that spiritual or is that physical? You see why this is important? Because if we disassociate those two from one another, you'll never find, you'll never gain victory over them. They are always, always, always both. The challenges that we face in life are both spiritual and physical. They occur both in the spiritual realm and in the physical realm. Jesus, think about it, when the guy was lying there on his mat and he said, pick up your mat and walk. And they went, hey, hey wait, wait, how can you do that? And he said, well, is it easier for me to say your sins are forgiven, spiritual, or pick up your mat and walk, physical? They're both related. Jesus' whole ministry was both and and we have to get that into our psyche that everything is both and, not either or. Is church physical or spiritual? Both. When you do the washing up, is that physical or spiritual? Both. When you sleep? Both. When you eat breakfast? Both. Right? Everything we do is both. And what we have done is we've separated the two, one from the other. And the only benefit that that has is for the fallen Elohim are laughing all the way to the bank. We need to recognize that everything we do is both. When we go out, right, God has given us this vision to beautify the city. When we go out and we're going to do prayer ministry door to door and we're going to go clean the streets, is cleaning the streets spiritual or physical? Both. Is prayer ministry on the doorstep spiritual or physical? Both. Everything in life is both, because that's the way God made it. Are you physical or spiritual? Both. We are all both and, not either or. And we have to grasp that because when we pray, we pray if we've got challenges. If you want to pray for sickness, do you pray spiritually or physically both 
Pray against both. When there are challenges in your life, pray against those fallen Elohim who are causing those challenges to come. When we pray for Ukraine, we pray for both, physical and spiritual. It's always, always both. That's why in Revelation 21, it says this, Then I saw a new, what? Heaven. So if heaven is so perfect, why do you need a new heaven? Because it's broken. And a new? Both. Because when the Elohim fell, the spiritual realm broke. When we fell, the physical realm broke broke and who caused us to fall anyway the fallen elohim they didn't want to be messed up up there and us to have a good time down here so they made sure that we did the same thing for the first heaven and the first earth passed away and there was no longer any sea you know the amazing thing though jesus said these words matthew 28 just before the great commission all authority where in heaven, in the spiritual realm, and on the physical realm, has been given to who? To Jesus. When we pray, when we connect with Jesus Christ, we connect into the one who has all the authority in the spiritual realm and in the physical realm to make a difference. There is no such thing as a weak prayer, if you understand this. Because when you pray, you tap in to the one who still sits on the throne. You tap into the one because he died in Christ alone, our hope is found, right? We tap into the one who has all the authority, who is so far above all the other Elohim, that when God says a word through Jesus Christ, it becomes reality, and there's nothing they can do about it. That's why Jesus in his ministry could bring healing and wholeness and change and transformation everywhere he went. And he calls you and me to do the same when we learn how to tap into him. You see, God doesn't want a world that's like this. He said, go and make disciples. Go, go bring my kingdom. Go fix it. Go bring Eden to the world. Go do what I asked you to do in Genesis chapter 3. It's never changed. We're in the beginning of Genesis. It's not changed. Go carry on doing it. I don't want a world that's like that, he said. And he said, I don't even want a world that's like that either. That's just got a sticking plaster over it. I'm not interested in that. He said, I want a world that is like this, full of the light of God shining around and you know who the instruments of bringing that are? It's not just me. I'm waiting. I'm still waiting. Exactly. It's all of us. How do we do it? Well, that comes next time. But basically we go back to the throne room. And we say, God, what do you want us to do? And he says, I want you to bring my kingdom, and this is how I want you to do it. A trinity, I want you to beautify the city. 
And we go, okay. Don't know what that means. Don't quite know how to do that yet, but we'll figure it out with you as we go do it. Let's go do it. And when we've done a little bit of it and say, God, we've, we've made a start here. We're doing the prayer thing. We're doing the street clean. What else do you want us to do? We, we go back here and we go, okay, God, we, we've carried out what you've asked us to do. What's next? And he'll say, this is what I want you to do. This is the next step of the journey for Trinity Church. And then we go out and do it. And we just keep coming back to Eden the whole time. And we, we, we wait until he says, yeah, next stage, next stage, next stage, next stage. And we'll start to see Harrow looking like this. Why? Because all authority has been given to Jesus Christ and no fallen Elohim that has dominion in anywhere in Harrow will be able to stand when the people of God start moving out from his church. I want you to think today. What, what challenges are you facing right now? in your life or maybe in the life of people around you people you know what are those challenges because those challenges will both be physical and spiritual how are you praying how are you interceding how are you going to the throne room of God to be a channel of his grace into those situations that's what he's asked you and me to do that's what it means to be a priest. We are the priest of all believers. We're going to, let's sing. We've got love divine, haven't we? Let's sing that. And as you're singing that, stay seated actually. And as you're singing it, sing but also pray. And ask God to just, whatever is laid on your heart right now, maybe it's something you're struggling with, Maybe it's something that you know somebody else's and it's laid on your heart. Lift it to God. Maybe just don't even sing, but just pray as we listen to the words, love divine or love's excelling. You have a Father that loves you, Jesus who loves you, the Spirit who loves you. And he wants to use you as a channel to pour into these situations, to bring his presence, his kingdom both spiritually and physically, into those places.
See.